Welcome back to the Digital Marketing Podcast. My name is Daniel Rolls and this is the intro to the intro. So let me explain what's going on. Uh, Kieran has a fantastic interview with Alicia from Securi and Securi is a cybersecurity company. Now, before you switch off and your brain says, yeah, cybersecurity, not my thing, not interested. I am a marketing business owner, whatever you are, and you think it's just an IT issue, I would really strongly encourage you to listen to this. First of all, Alicia is very easy to listen to, explains things really clearly, uh, and actually it's a great interview. But really importantly, it's really essential that us marketers, business owners, and so on, take ownership of this issue more. And as is stated in the interview, what you'll actually hear is that everyone thinks this is someone else's problem. We think the hosting company are dealing with it. We think that the developer is dealing with it. And actually, quite often, you find they're not. And we've had issues with this. We've had brute force attacks where people have tried to hack their way into our website. We've had email accounts that have been hacked. And there's some really easy steps you can put in place that can prevent these things once you know. So I would encourage you to listen on and learn more about this, to arm yourself with the essential knowledge. Because if you don't, this is the kind of stuff that can end businesses and end careers. It's a bit of fear there at the end for you. So listen on. I'll hand you over to Kieran. Hello and welcome back to the Digital Marketing Podcast. My name is Kieran Rogers and today, listeners, we are going to be talking about improving your website security. Now, to aid me in this task, because I wouldn't say I am a website security expert, we have invited Alicia Mitchell from Securi. Hello, Alicia. Hi, Kieran. Thanks so much for having me today. So uh, just tell me, uh, Securi, am I pronouncing that right? Because it's I, yes. I know the platform well, but you know, I want to check this. Yeah, so Securi is actually a Brazilian Portuguese word. Um, we don't mind if people say Securi, but we do have a whole history about where the name came from uh, on our website, on our about page. So tell us a little bit about yourself, Alicia, first of all. Who, who are you and how did you get into this website security space? Sure. Yeah, I've been working uh, in the cybersecurity space for about 10 years now. Uh, previous to Securi, I worked for a company that sold antivirus products. Mm -hmm. And uh, I've been working in a marketing function for about seven years with uh, SEO and that kind of thing. Um, for Securi, I've been working there for four years managing the marketing team. And I've been exposed to a whole bunch of uh, you know, research and uh, been able to work with a lot of subject matter experts on the uh, security of people's websites. And uh, it's a fascinating intersection, you know, marketing and cybersecurity are these kind of like exciting and scary areas of the internet. And it's a really, really fascinating crossroads to be at. So for those that don't know and understand what Securi is, just just kind of give us in a nutshell, what what is your company and and, and what does it do? Absolutely. Securi is a website security company. We provide a web application firewall to protect sites from hackers. We will clean up your site if it is hacked. We also offer a monitoring solution to alert you in case there are any security issues, including you know changes to your DNS records or your SSL certificate, uptime monitoring. Uh, we also include a, a performance element, so that helps speed up your website with a CDN as well. Okay, fantastic. So where do most people go wrong with their website security? I would say the main thing is um, assuming that it's being taken care of already for them by their hosting company. <laughs> somebody, um, Everybody thinks somebody else is doing it. Yeah, for yeah. sure. And there's also a lot of, you know, whose responsibility is it? Is it the service provider? You know, most people will lean on their web developer if they see an issue with the website. 
Um, but not a lot of people know that they need to take steps to secure their websites. They might, if they're involved in something like e-commerce, where you know they're taking credit card information. Mm. But even more recently, with the changes that Google has rolled out in uh, Chrome version 56, uh, you know, showing a not secure warning in the address bar if you don't have an SSL certificate, it started to prompt more people to take security into their own hands. So, if we've got an SSL certificate, does that have us covered? No. So uh, SSL it is great at protecting your visitors um, and any information in transit. So SSL encrypts the connection between the visitor's browser and your website. So any you know credit cards or passwords that are being sent to the web server are protected from a man-in-the-middle attack, where an attacker can basically listen in on the traffic as it's being sent. Mm-hmm. But your actual website can still be hacked even with an SSL certificate. In fact, we've even written about cases where hackers will use SSL to send uh, you know, credit card data from a, a hacked website to their own server. <laughs> so wow. uh, SSL itself is doing nothing to actually protect your website from being hacked, but it does secure the data in transit. Okay. So, so as a marketer, why should I take an interest in website security? And I know that sounds like a bit of a, a, bit of a loaded <laughs> question, but I think, I think the reason why I put this one in, Alicia, was because I think a lot of marketers think, well, you know, that's, that's someone else's job. But I, I'm, sure. I'm not sure I agree with that. So to just sort of walk us walk us through that, just let's win over anybody that's a little bit skeptical that this isn't an <laughs> IT function and that marketers sure. should take an interest in it. And I think it can be a little intimidating. You know, security is such a deep and broad topic, just like marketing is. Um, there's so many different sort of disciplines within marketing and security that you can dig into, and and that's precisely one of the reasons why I think marketers are in a great place. Both because marketers have a wide range of skills already. So adding more, especially, you know, in the technical realm uh, with digital marketing is, is totally available to them. But also because as a marketer, uh, reputation management is one of the important things that we look after at our organizations. And nothing is worse for your reputation than if your site is hacked or if there's any kind of issue like a DDoS attack that takes down your website and, and now your website's not even up, that's a nightmare to deal with, um, both from just the reputation perspective and trying to deal with the aftermath on social media, um, loss of sales and revenue, that kind of thing. Um, so I think absolutely marketers need to be championing that. You know, IT teams are pretty stretched thin as it is, and not all of them are experts in website security. So just being you know the voice within the organization to champion security and know a little bit about what's needed um, to take care of, you know, whether you have a content management system or whatever, um, to make sure that your content is being protected. So, Alicia, what are the weak points that hackers look for in a website? I would say that hackers are uh, looking for the biggest attack surface that they can get. So, uh, with something like WordPress, that is, you know, thirty-one percent, I think, of the internet now is running WordPress websites. Wow. So that's a you know, yeah, that's a, a, a big uh, surface for them to attack. Uh, and what they'll do is they'll use automation in order to find weak points. So uh, vulnerable plugins that haven't been updated. Um, and it can take them, you know, just a day to write a script and scan the internet for all the WordPress sites that have that plugin, and then further automate the attacks in order to, um, you know, quickly gain a, a huge number of websites that are under their control. Um, you know, they'd rather hack a thousand small websites than hack one large website, which is going to be a lot harder to get into. And why do they do it? Like, what's motivating them for? I'm, I'm assuming there are lots of reasons, but 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 just kind of give people a bit of an insight into 
the the hacker's mind in general. Yeah, sure. I mean, well, with most things, you know, there's obviously a monetary gain for for a lot of these uh, types of attacks, especially SEO spam. Um, that's probably the most common attack that we've been seeing here at Sakuri is, you know, a site will get attacked and the hacker will stuff the pages with links and keywords, mm. will even spin up a bunch of fake pages, um, you know, and maybe even redirecting visitors to, you know, awful things like uh, pharmaceutical sites or um, porn sites or that kind of thing. Yeah. Um, and then they, they're making money off that either through affiliate sort of links and that kind of thing or by, uh, you know, using the SEO from all these hacked sites to link to further sites and basically have their own private blog network of compromised sites. Right. Um, but obviously they can insert phishing pages that will trick your users into putting their login information or they'll be basically using your site as an attack site so that, you know, to them making their own websites is a lot more time consuming than hacking other people's and using your server resources. Um, but, you know, if it's not a money uh, thing for the hacker, then it's usually uh, some type of hacktivism. So the hacker may disagree with the message of the website and want to deface it or take it down. Um, sometimes it can be DDoS for ransom. Ransomware is becoming more popular on websites as well. Um, so, yeah, often there's a, there's a monetary gain for the hacker. So let, let's just explain that to the non-initiated amongst right. our audience. <laughs> So a, a DDoS attack is a distributed denial of service attack. And essentially, you can think of it like all the traffic coming into your website is like a highway. And the attacker is filling it up with a bunch of fake cars trying to get into your website. And now nobody can get in. So anybody trying to a legitimate visitor trying to visit your website is just going to get a hanging white page or a timeout message. Uh, because the hacker has set up a script to hit your web server with a ton of fake traffic and they can spoof it to look like it's coming from different places in the world, from different IP addresses. So it can be it can be very hard to mitigate. So are there some backdoor issues that no one thinks about, like kind of unprotected areas within the within the site? Well, I think backdoors in general just uh, are something that people don't think about. You know, if your site gets hacked and you feel like you can clean it up yourself, what might happen is, you know, maybe you'll say restore a backup from a few days before you noticed symptoms of the hack. But what you don't know is that that hacker actually compromised your site maybe a month ago or months ago and installed a bunch of backdoors at that time into your website to make sure that if you ever clean up the hack, you know, maybe months later, they actually put a payload on your site that's, you know, visible uh, and something you want to remove. But what you don't factor in is the fact that the actual uh, compromise took place a long time ago. And at that time, they made sure to leave little files and ways to get back in to retain access. So that's definitely something that can be extremely frustrating if you've taken all this time to clean up your hacked site. You think you're out of the woods, you know, maybe you remove the blacklist warning and then a few days later, the attacker gets back in and redoes everything. So, so reinfections are, are really a nightmare for people. So how can we protect our websites from these kind of compromises? I would say that at the very basics, you know, having a very strong backup system in place and using really, really strong passwords and two-factor authentication where you use, you know, an app like Google Authenticator on your phone to have a second password after you enter your password. That's a time-based code on your phone. Most of us have come across 2FA at some point. That's a really good baseline if you just have like a normal presence that you're trying to protect. Beyond that, getting a web application firewall or like a plugin for WordPress for security, something like that to be able to audit and to be able to protect your website is, is crucial. If you're an e-commerce site, you have to be following the PCI compliance standards. That's the payment card industry data security standard. Uh, and so for that, you, the first requirement is to have a web application firewall. 
And that's probably the best thing you can do to make sure that any traffic coming to your site is being filtered and the malicious traffic is being blocked before the good traffic is being finally sent to your server. I mean, is it always about hackers sort of breaking in from outside and via the internet or can it literally employees unwittingly be be used as a as a method of getting into your site? Yeah, definitely. So that's why you want to make sure to enforce those strong um, access control measures throughout your organization, both not just, you know, strong passwords and two-factor authentication, but making sure that you use the principle of least privilege. So, you know, not everybody needs admin access. And if they do, do they need it forever or do they just need it for a few hours to perform a function and then you can remove that access? So thinking in terms of that um, just helps to reduce the possible entryways into your website and, you know, just making sure that you're monitoring that kind of access to see, you know, is a, an employee logging in at 3 a.m. from Indonesia? Like, that's maybe something you should be looking at to, <laughs> you know, uh, maybe that person's account has been compromised and you need to tighten it up. So obviously monitoring, auditing, um, protecting, and then making sure that if something does happen, that you have an incident response plan in place. So tell us about an incident response plan. What is it? How does it work? So just exactly what it sounds like. You just want to make sure that if, if something does happen, that you know exactly what steps you're going to take. Um, you know, most people that we see coming into Sakuri are, you know, in a panic mode because they're hacked and they never thought this would happen to them. Um, you know, they've tried to do some research and, and they finally come to us in order to, you know, get us to remove it and remove any blacklist warnings on their site. But being aware of what can happen if your site is hacked and knowing like, okay, these are the people on my team who you know, maybe know how to identify PHP or JavaScript malware, and they're the ones who are going to clean it up. Um, this is how we're going to respond on social media. Um, you know, we're going to take the site down, or we're going to do this or that. Um, it's very similar to, you know, as a marketer, we want to make sure that we have a response plan for social media. If, you know, somebody, you know, says something that we need to react to in some kind of way, um, that we have a, it planned out and approved. And then if, you know, you do need outside help that maybe you've vetted some companies in advance to make sure that you know exactly what steps you're going to take to get it cleaned up as quickly as possible. Is there a good way of getting like an initial security check for our, for our websites? I, mean, I, I know in some places you can invite, you can invite the fire department around to, to kind of do a fire risk assessment and give you a free smoke alarm. Can we, can we get something <laughs> like that for our websites? Yeah. So, I mean, there's awesome plugins out there for all kinds of content management systems that will do scans. Um, we actually have a bunch of these listed at sakuri.net slash guides. Um, we have guides written for, you know, the main four um, CMSs, WordPress, Drupal, Magento, and Joomla. And we include some plugin recommendations in those guides. Um, we also offer a free tool, Sakuri SiteCheck. Um, you can go to sitecheck.sakuri.net and do sort of a baseline remote scan of your site. We'll let you know if we detect any you know, outdated software, anything malicious that we know matches you know, blacklists, uh, any weird behavior, and we'll also detect any you know, downtime or anything like that. So you can do that for free. We also offer, you know, um, free consultation. So you can get that from a lot of security companies just to, you know, take a look around and, and see if there's any opportunities to tighten up your security. But for the most part, you know, just making sure that you've actually um, verified ownership of your website in the uh, webmaster tools. So the main search engines like Google and Bing and Yandex all have a way for you to verify your website. And those will allow you to get alerts if Google or, or any of those um, companies detect any issues on your site. If you're not verified, you're not going to get those alerts. Um, and you're just going to come to your site one day and see a big red blacklist on, before you mm. kind of try to get to your site. That's not how you want to be <laughs> finding out about security issues. I, I've certainly had, when I was working in the agency 
world. I, I certainly had prospective new clients come to me and say, we, we, we think there's a problem on our website. And you say, well, why do you think that is? And I said, well, when we search for it in Google, Google says this site has been hacked. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, wow, okay, yeah, that's that's not good. But, you mm-hmm. know, they will they will do that. And, and this particular company that I was thinking of, it was their customers that phoned them to tell them that that was happening. Yeah, that's uh, not how you so, want to find out for sure. <laughs> absolutely not. And when we, when we went in uh, and had a look, yeah, as you rightly described earlier, the site had been filled with thousands and thousands. Uh, I think there were about 8,500 links to a to a particular well-known brand of fluffy boot um which <laughs> I, to this day i don't quite understand why the hacker would have wanted to have to have done that but uh but yeah the, there's all sorts of yeah. weird and wonderful games that they fashion play, right? fashion seo spam is another big one um yeah like i said the, any of the really competitive industries for seo you're gonna usually see them like ringtones and that kind of thing <laughs> Uh, you're going to see them using this this kind of method to attack sites and, and stuff them with keywords. And it's just basically the bottom layer of a series of websites that are being used to pass authority without Google kind of noticing that, you know, it, it's kind of a miss. We've mentioned in passing WordPress plugins um, and extensions. Are they, I mean, by their nature, when you reach out and grab a WordPress plugin, you're effectively putting someone else's code onto your website. Are they Are they a risk? Are there certain best practices for for identifying plugins? Yeah, absolutely. And it's a great point. You know, every line of code that you add to your website is is a potential vulnerability. So you have to be careful about, you know, we see people all the time stuffing like 75 plugins into their WordPress install. Um, so yeah, you want to be careful and reduce um, the number of plugins to just what you need and to make sure that the plugins you are using are trusted sources. Um, the developers are supporting it. You know, the worst thing is if, you know, a plugin that you're relying on suddenly uh, is no longer being maintained by the developer and then there's a, a security vulnerability in that plugin and there's nobody around to patch it, that's not going to be mm-hmm. good. So I, I would absolutely say that the biggest things are, you know, making sure that it's a trusted source, making sure that you can see that the developers are responsive in the support forms for the plugin. Um, those are really important. And then obviously just re- reducing the number. Um, we do also offer a security plugin for WordPress at Sakuri. So it, it does mostly auditing and will help guide you through like post-hack steps if they do find any issues. And what are the sort of gold standards for, for you know, reputable sources? for for content like how how would you do how would you go about approaching that well i would say for sure number one is to use the official repository for for wordpress specifically um there's also official repositories for a lot of other cmss um there are some just reputable companies that are out there producing plugins and themes and that kind of thing um so you just want to make sure to you know use I, i would say the biggest thing is to avoid trying to get free plugins. We see a lot of what are called like nulled themes in plugins. Basically, somebody will take like a premium plugin and put it on, you know, the Pirate Bay or something for free. But before they upload it, they install a bunch of malware in it so that anybody trying to download this free plugin is actually going to be actively participating in uploading malware to their site. Um, <laughs> so yeah, just being being careful, you know, make sure to pay for your plugins if you're, take, if you're buying them from a premium uh, plugin author or something like that. And to just do your research, you know, like look around and see what people have been saying about using the plugin and, and making sure that they are responsive for any support issues. Yeah, social proof is, is such a good, good standard, definitely. isn't it? And on that note, um, you know, we have 
a lot of vulnerability disclosures on the Sakuri blog around plugins. And uh, absolutely, it's it's really telling how a plugin author responds to a security vulnerability. It's not bad if a plugin has had a vulnerability in the past. It's all about how the developer responds to it. Um, you know, there's no such thing as zero risk. Um, that's definitely one of sort of the, the things that people get wrong about security is there's no way you can 100% protect your website or, or 100% be risk-free. It just doesn't exist in security. So being a specialist within your industry, are there any common myths that you'd really love to, to lay, lay waste to really and finally, finally lay to rest on website security? Yeah, I would say that that definitely is one of the big ones, just that, you know, that it's, it's an endless sort of layered process with security. You can go as deep as you want. And, and for sure, we do have some folks at Sakuri who are extraordinarily paranoid. And we've written some um, guides on, you know, personal security that, to me, I'm just like, wow, this is some crazy lengths to go to to protect your identity or your website or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's really up to you to balance your convenience versus security and just know what the risks are. I think that it's in another myth that would like I would like to dispel is that you know security is somebody else's responsibility. It really is up to everybody in the organization to take the security seriously. You know, we do a lot of security training at Sakuri in terms of like identifying phishing and that sort of thing. Um, so just making it a part of your process. It's not a, a set it and forget it type of thing. It's it's an all, it, it should encompass everything you do. Uh, when you sign up for new accounts for anything to do with your website or anything at all, really, get into the settings and find where the security stuff is and just make that part of your everyday process of being online. Now, a lot of marketers are making use of, of tagging systems like Tag Manager for uploading you know, tracking code. Mm-hmm. Uh, it does all sorts of things. Obviously, again, that's injecting code into your website. Have you, have you seen hackers exploiting that kind of behavior yeah actually we have we have a blog post about this um where i have got access to a tag manager account and was able to upload their own scripts so uh for that reason we don't personally use tag managers which but uh yeah it there there's definitely a risk there there's a risk to anything that you know you're giving full access to uploading code to your website essentially so so again i guess you've got to go through that whole audit process make sure you're monitoring who's got access to that and at what level yeah absolutely the principle of least privilege is is extraordinarily powerful um and then making sure that those who do have access are exercising the correct controls to secure their own accounts so how can security help make sites more secure? We uh, offer a couple different plans depending on you know what your situation is. Um, we have self-service options for our complete platform, which includes, you know, as we say, uh, protection, detection, and response. So you kind of have unlimited support and you have the web application firewall and you have the monitoring, both the server-side monitoring and the remote monitoring that can pretend to be, you know, a million different types of visitors in order to see any conditional malware that, you know, maybe is only showing to mobile visitors from Japan or something like that. Um, So that's, you know, our complete platform. We also offer solutions, you know, for uh, web service providers, um, for we have custom plans available for enterprise. uh, And we also have our firewall available as a standalone product. So that's a really affordable option. Um, You know, the basic plan is just $9.99 a month. And that's a really basic thing that you can do to just make sure your website is protected if you're not currently experiencing issues. And Security does some other really cool things, doesn't it? I've been particularly interested in things like the 
like speeding up sites and content delivery? Yeah, so that's something we're really expanding on, especially into the new year. Um, we have a lot of our own points of presence around the world. So we've been building out basically our own uh, racks and these data centers. And, um, you know, we're finding that a lot of folks are getting an incredible boost in speed from the caching available on our firewall. So obviously marketers love that. <laughs> They'll take any little bump in page speed because that just improves all of our metrics for conversion and engagement. So yeah, that's that's something that you know we're really working to get more involved in is, is uh, uh, promoting the performance aspects of our firewall. But we've always been a security first organization. So if we want to find out more about what you guys do or Maybe we've been hacked and we want to get in touch and get some help. How do we how do we go about doing that? Definitely visit us at sukuri.net, S-U-C-U-R-I.net. And um, there you can find a lot of stuff like our guides and webinars and email courses under resources. Uh, we have a bunch of information about the features that we offer. You can chat with any of our reps or submit um, a form to contact us. And we'd be happy to you know give you a free consultation and chat a little bit more about what you need to secure your site. And would you be able to provide us with a, a few links to kind of key resources to get people started and getting their, their their sort of feet under the table of website security? Definitely. So the Sakuri blog at uh, blog.sakuri.net is awesome. Um, there's a lot of, uh, you know, great uh, websites and, you know, tech publications out there that are, you know, keeping up to date with anything that's going on in the industry. If you use a CMS, definitely make sure that you are um, subscribed to their security forums and, uh, you know, are staying up to date with any of the uh, updates and that kind of thing that are coming out. Uh, and that would be a really good place to start. And I'm going to throw one more question in, which has just occurred to me, mm-hmm. Alicia, that I haven't haven't really bought. But where do you think website security will go next? Like, what are some of the trends that, that you think might start coming onto the horizon over the next couple of years with website security? I think we're going to have to wake up to the reality of how much traffic coming into our websites is bot traffic and not real traffic. And I think that Mm. people are going to start seeing the security implications of that a lot more. Also the uh, use of APIs and, uh, you know, like you mentioned, um, adding more and more scripts to the site, that's going to be a sort of, sort of attack vector that is going to be exploited more and more into uh, future years. Well, Alicia, thank you so much for your time. And uh, fascinating insight into improving our website security. Thank you so much for having me, Karen. Thanks very much for listening to the Digital Marketing Podcast. If you want to continue your learning in digital marketing, get over to targetinternet.com and sign up for the free trial of our digital marketing e-learning platform. There's over 140 bite-sized courses for you to try and lots of other learning resources as well. So get on there and sign up for the free trial.